You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, happy Saturday, everybody. Uh, day three of training camp in the books. Uh, if anybody's wondering, 22 puppies adopted. I've s- crazily become a little bit obsessed with that, but, you know, hey, any chance you can do some good, uh, all for it. Uh, we're going to get uh, Roland through here. Uh, you know, obviously, NFL news, uh, so it's a couple of Brown, uh, Browns transaction, one in, one out. Get to everything here with your local experts on the biggest stories. Pete Smith along for the ride for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Hotels.com. Get rewarded. Uh, set something up. Uh, look, they don't discriminate. Long trip, short trip. You need something, you're getting away. Hey, you're going to Browns game, you're going to Browns camp. Check out Hotels.com. See what they got for you. Be there, do that, get rewarded, and always thanks to Hotels.com for the sponsorship of the podcast. Uh, I guess we'll open up with the move, Pete. Uh, Obviously, with Kareem Hunt not doing anything yet in camp, uh, now with Duke Johnson, uh, at least out for today, we'll see how much that lingers. Um, And this is kind of something that, you know, you know, you could take from what Jarvis Landry said last year. Look, when you guys can't practice, that means other guys got to take even more reps, which puts them at risk for, for you know, injure, in, more injury themselves. And, you know, it's a numbers game, and obviously the Giants are going through this right now. And, you know, I had no time. When I said it to you last night, I didn't know much of it, and it, it, I think it kind of came from incarcerated Bob. So whatever that Golden Tate situation, whatever that is, you know. So, I mean, you know, the Browns are, you know, it's a little up against here. And you don't want to certainly, you know, start wearing out Nick Chubb in freaking July, for God's sakes. So, uh, Ohio U, Jeff Risden, wherever you are, I'm sure that smile is nice and big. Pete, running back, and I know you brought him up. A.J. Olette is brought in in the fold. Um, first thing, uh, look, you know, A.J. AJ Olette knows where the weight room is, Pete. Yeah, um, he's a big old bowling ball, a uh, little bit of Zach Zenner, a little bit of Kish- Christian McCaffrey, a little bit of a- Mike Allstott, a little bit of uh, Johnny Johnson, uh, a.k.a. he's white. Um <laughs> He wears wore forty five at OU, so he's he has that naturally deceptive athletic thing where he's got a little bit of speed. But he tested really well; he's really productive this past year. Um, and but yeah, they need a body, and they let go of uh, Kajan Armstrong, the uh, undrafted rookie out of Michigan. Uh, it's not as if I, you know I don't know if anybody's running out to sign him. So you know if they get a guy back and they they want to uh, let go of Ouellette to bring him back, I, I imagine they could. Um, but yeah, I think Olet has a chance to be a pretty good player. Uh, and you know, if the Browns are looking for somebody to stick on the practice squad or something along those lines, he could do that. Uh, it's not to say he can't beat out a guy like, uh, Hilliard, but you know, they, they seem pretty happy with their group unless they've got a major injury, but it's never a bad thing to be able to bring in a guy like him and sort of evaluate uh, and if you get lucky and, and you know, find somebody you really like, uh, you figure it out and maybe you end up being a little bit better. But the other part of that is, you know, uh, beyond not banging up your own guys, you want to give uh, your, deep, your, your uh, defense and special teams better looks. And, you know, if they bring in talented, capable guys like that, they get to look at them, but they also get to have them sort of hopefully better, uh, you know, give better looks to the other side of the ball, which is certainly a good thing. Um, and there wasn't, you know, obviously with the plan was to go into this camp with four running backs because you knew, you know, Kareem's going to start sit the eight games. Um, so after after those guys, they would really just literally camp bodies. But you know, 
you know, maybe now you've already seen, uh, you know, maybe we'll look at somebody else. Maybe you've already made a determination on some of these camp bodies. They're not going to go anywhere yet because they're going to stay here and do their jobs. Uh, AJ Olette, obviously get a local kid. Uh, it'll bring a little flair to it uh, if he makes it to the scrimmage Friday. Uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be some that are, you know, obviously interested in from that a aspect. But, you know, these skill position guys and, and is, you know, as much as they run and a lot of it is, is, you know, take it to the house regardless. Uh, you know, you just can't have these guys. I mean, you just can't run them into the ground in July, and you're certainly not going to do it to Nick now, and obviously Nick was already going to be the featured guy. Uh, number two, number three, however you want to say it, or 2A, 2B, whatever, both of them out of the fold here now. You just you just can't do it to the guy, you know, and especially when you're going to uh, increase, uh, when you anticipate an increase in the amount of touches Nick Chubb's going to get this year. So you just get, you know, it's one of those, uh, you know, be safe as opposed to sorry approaches, and you got to do that. The Golden Tate thing. Um, what Golden Tate is saying is is he and his wife saw a fertility specialist. He needed to take something, who knows what it was or whatever. Um, did take it, then realized there was something. Um, and now it's, I, I, I don't know the whole anticipation of it, but look, with the NFL, he put it in his body. Um, if he gets a prescription from an outside doctor, there's places you can go to, there's places you can call and say, hey, am I okay to take this? He didn't. I mean, I kind of believe him in what he's saying, um, but, you know, there are those naysayers, hey, 10-year veteran, you know, maybe something. I, I don't know, Pete. This is this is going to be a tough one. I, I don't think Golden Tate's going to win. Uh, I don't think he'll win either, but this, you know, goes to the, uh, in, I suppose, needlessly complicated system when it comes to this stuff. Uh, it, it seems too restrictive uh in certain respects and i don't know what's in said item uh that that would give him a competitive advantage but it, you know and i think i think there needs to be a better process when it comes to sort of reporting and monitoring this type of stuff that you could literally say look you know we are doing this thing and so we, this could be something that comes up now i suppose you know the obvious uh, pushback on that is well then everybody can find somebody who's willing to to come up with some excuse to allow players to take something that might give them advantage I, I don't know but this seems like one of those things where you know common sense should prevail uh but given especially what you've seen in the last couple weeks from the nfl that's unlikely to happen uh it's unfortunate obviously the giants are already down uh, a number of receivers anyway uh, and you know, missing four games with with Golden Tate certainly would be a you know another hit they can't really afford to take on a team that can't lose anything at this point. Uh, it's just one of those. This is one of those like dumb stories. Dumb in the sense that nobody wants this to be a thing. Nobody wants to have to sort of talk about it, but it's there, and they're going to have to find a way to deal with it. Now, the one thing they could have happen is uh, that, that the suspension gets reduced, um, which is oftentimes the whole point of the appeal. I feel bad for Tate in the respect that, you know, 
it's something he took in April. So, you know, obviously, you know, that was nothing that was going to help him in September. I do feel bad for him. You know, everybody thinks you just get married. Natural progression is, oh, we'll have kids. And, you know, if you end up having to go to fertility specialists, obviously something's wrong where it's just not as easy for you, which is just a whole, it's just a difficult road to go. And, you know, we'll see. And, you know, maybe the reduce of the suspension. Um, you know, one thing is, uh, you know, Pete, my, my dude, Reggie White Jr. I mean, <laughs> Reggie White Jr. may have a roster spot lined up before they even play a uh, play a preseason game. So it's just funny how things can quickly can turn. You know, obviously, Pete and I, we didn't have many thoughts for the New York Times to begin with, but, you know, it's kind of hard when you've already had the gun taken out of your hand and, you know, you really didn't, you, you're stopped before you even got started. Uh, this one here, don't know much about it, but just obviously in the last you know, half hour or so, A.J. Green apparently injured again, uh, you know, rolling off on a card. A.J. Green is a great football player. It's one reason I can actually even tolerate watching the Cincinnati Bengals. And you know to see that, you know here it is again, a little, another something going on, and a great player on an organization that probably never appreciated him as much as they should, that's just terrible. Um, oh, look, he's had an awful... A uh, rash of injuries lately, horrible luck, and particularly with his his feet and his ankles and his, his knees. Um, the reporting at this point is that it was not a big deal. It's just an ankle sprain. But, you know, it, it seemed it, when it when it was happening live, it seemed like A.J. Green went down, felt something like it's it's not the same foot as he had the other with, but nevertheless, the same sens- sensation. Uh, where he basically felt it seemed like he reacted to, as some, someone who thought they already knew what happened. He was basically screwed. Um, I hope that's not the case. And certainly, you know, if it is just an ankle sprain, that's a huge relief because even the way he was reacting on the field, it's he he clearly thought it was much worse. Uh, but at the same time, this is this again, much as it was with uh, Jonah Williams uh, getting injured. You know, if AJ Green and nobody can afford to lose an AJ Green, but nevertheless, it, it feels like the Bengals' season is over before it started, uh, and this is just one more, just kicking the mother down type thing. But uh, you know, the other part of this is, you know, you can't take anything for granted, and every day that you know players on the Browns going through camp aren't hurt is a, is ultimately a good day. And you know, and also maybe you know, put a little you know more emphasis in on the understanding of the fact that if somebody you know is told to take the day off from practice. It's uh, September, October, November, December matter. Um, July 26th, 27th, don't freaking matter. Um, and look, you know, hope AJ Green's there. Uh, hope, you know, get to beat him, uh, compete against him. Hope to hopefully get to beat him. Um, but, you know, and that's that's the part that's frustrating. If, if you see that AJ Green is so visibly upset and he's already been through this route a couple of times, that's the one that really makes you wonder. Pete's going to tell you about the fine product that Blue Chew is, and we'll start kicking off what was day three at Brown's game. Um, so, you know, if you're somebody who describes himself as aspiring to be a reporter, uh, don't, uh, I, I would, wouldn't recommend that you try to uh, get it up in terms of your resume by lying about players uh, be, because you don't like what something they're doing that doesn't affect you at all. Um, instead, you should opt for Blue Chew. Uh, Blue Chew is the uh, the first chewable that has the same FDA-approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work certainly better than lying about players because you don't like what they're doing. Uh, you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, 
they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And it's bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue or blue like how you're going to feel when people realize you're lying about players uh, because nobody's going to hire you because you're trying to present yourself as reporting and you are admittedly lying about what you're doing. Not the greatest way to go, but uh, Blue Chew is the greatest way to go. Uh, make sure you're 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 operating at, at full speed ahead uh, to uh, make the make the spouse happy, so she can make you happy. Uh, the fine folks over at Blue Chew, BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E, like the color promo code locked on. Um, look, guys, we we take some stances, and it's you know. We view every move as it comes along, and we'll give you our side of it. And the thing is, is you, you don't want to do this stuff and always seem like you're one-sided on, on, and when you're reporting, because it, it, it comes off that way, you know. So look, you know, look, John Dorsey, you know, fantastic job in 19 months on the job. Uh, could he have done a little better in some aspects? Most certainly he could, and it, it, it's fair to say those things about that. Um, you know, Blue Chew, thanks for the sponsorship of the show. Uh, Pete, I think one of the things that I, I stood out and what we were able to see, you know, something, a bunch of what I was able to see today, and this is, you know, look, anything offensive line, you don't care until pads are on. Oh, look at the footwork. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, but it's also a lot different when, you know, everybody's going full bore, you know, mouthpieces are in, chin straps are buckled. So with that, you know, Greg Robinson, some nice reps today. And against Miles Garrett, and the thing with Greg is, as much as he was labeled the bus, it's not like he ever, you know, a lot of guys in that situation would have looked at their bank accounts, packed their bags, and said, you know what, I made 20 mil. I'm good. Uh, right. So p- part of the reason you give Greg Robinson credit is because he was willing to be honest uh, about where he was as a player, willing to ask for help and willing to put in all the effort, time, and energy to get there. And, you know, it's still a work in progress, and, and certainly, you know, the, the couple reps look great. Um, but, you know, you want you want him to, you know, have multiple good days in a row. You want him to have, you know, that to become the norm as opposed to a surprise. Um, you want to see a better run blocker out of him. But you're seeing a guy who's more confident. You're seeing a guy who sort of has an understanding of where he is. And you're seeing a guy who, who has, isn't satisfied in part, I'm sure because he knows how it is to be at the top and then find your way at the bottom almost, you know, just as fast. So, you know, everybody immediate reaction, or at least a lot of people's immediate reaction was, well, can the Browns extend Greg Robinson? based on these two reps. Um, and I, I still don't, I still think that is, you're still trying to, to, you know, thread the needle, you know, th- put it through a keyhole type situation in terms of the contract, because I just, you look at guys like Trent Brown, you look at guys like Nate Solder, those are not the best of the best in terms of offensive tackles. And they got paid an in, insane amount of money because that's how important the position is and how, difficult guys who can do that are, 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 you know, if Greg Robinson has a very good year uh, and is suddenly commanding $15 million a year or something to that in that neighborhood, one, I don't think the Browns can afford it Two, or, or, or I should say can afford it, but shouldn't Two, I don't think even if you were able to keep him that you'd ever get the value out of it, that you're, you're putting into it. 
and and three, they they are actively looking for guys. Um, they they seem to understand what's coming, and 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 uh, you know they they've got guys they've added. Drew Forbes took left tackle reps, which I really like. I'm hoping, you know, I didn't care if they were left or right tackle. I just wanted to get as many tackle reps as possible because I have to think that they are hoping he can take one of those positions next year or a year after. Um, but, uh, you know, everything suggests that they're going to be in the market for at least one, maybe two tackles next year. Uh, and that's probably where they're going to go early in the draft. Uh, as a cost control measure, uh, in addition to the fact that it looks like it's going to be a, a very good year for offensive tackles. Um, but, you know, I think ultimately you are choosing between Greg Robinson and J.C. Treader. It's uh, based on the moves they've made. Uh, they are cognizant of the fact they can't pay everybody a massive contract on the offensive line. Um, right now, Batonio is making a, a ton of money. Uh, Greg Robinson is making a decent amount of money. And then Chris Hubbard is making way too much money. Um, I think if you keep Treader and Treader's making a decent amount of money, I think if you if you you have your choice, you're going to keep the best two, and Betonio and Treader are the best two by far. So you're going to keep those two. Hopefully, find a right guard. Whether it's Corbett, I still think he's going to win. Kalis is competing. Eric Kush is competing, uh, and then you're going to sort of have to maybe you keep uh, Chris Hubbard another year. You know that may or may not be realistic, but you're gonna have to find another tackle, and that's that's just practical. Uh, ultimately, I, I don't think anyone is pretending otherwise. And again, we've talked about this before. I think this becomes a situation where Greg Robinson has a great year. He goes on to bigger, better things uh, in terms of contract and his career, and he and the Browns are sort of shake hands you know, go, this is great for both of us. And they, and they, and they move on. This isn't like, you know, a hard feeling situation. It's just sort of recognizing reality and sort of uh, making the most of it. And as, as may well be the case with Demarius Randall uh, and, and then just moving accordingly. Um, yeah. Well, I, look, you know, in an ideal world, yeah, you'd want to build a supremely perfect offensive line from left tackle to right tackle. Yes, but, uh, you know, as you saw with Kevin Zeitler, you know, he made a ton of money. Batonio makes good money. Uh, if Greg Robin, you know, I mean, you can't have all of them making money because guess what? You don't have skill guys. You don't have really good defensive players. So you just try to find a nice niche. And obviously, yeah, Drew Forbes being able to man down a tackle spot going further, that's huge. You're talking about a sixth-round salary. You know, for, you know, maybe if you get two years of him at a starter, that is an absolute win. Um, right now, round one next year, yeah, it's, you know, Offensive tackle is probably in play there because you're going to get a cost-controlled player. It's not going to break the bank, and what you, you combine that, if Forbes makes it for what you're paying, your two tackles, it's a steal. Um, you know, Treader, uh, you know, should be here for a longer time. Uh, you know, you have Joel in the mix. If you can get, you know, two more, if you can get three seasons out of Corbett at right guard, making a two, uh, that's, a, that's a way to save a lot of chunk of change. And look, everybody kind of wants to keep everybody around here. Well, you're not going to be able to do that. But one of the ways you can do it is finding a way to have a a, a cost-efficient offensive line. And yeah, Greg Robinson's going to tell Cleveland, thank you for helping me get my career back on track. Cleveland's going to say, hey, we needed a left tackle to bridge the gap from Joe Thomas to our next guy. All the best to you. Uh, do me a favor. Uh, please try to stay out of the AFC North. And hey, if you can do it as well, please try to stay the hell out of the AFC. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's essentially what you, you're looking for there. Um, we got a bunch of listener questions. We're going to get to those. Uh, Pete, the skill guys, but it did seem like the DBs are starting to catch up a little bit. Carry with a nice 
nice day today. Um, maybe it's you know they're you know starting you know starting to get a little bit more established and starting to understand you know just how massive this arsenal can be that's thrown at them because you certainly don't want these guys getting beat from pillar to post every day. Right. It felt like today was a counterpunch. You know, the offense had a lot of success yesterday, uh, and the the pads come on. The defense has more success today. Um, you know, this is one of the at this point in the process, defense is supposed to be ahead of the offense. I mean, there, there's uh, offense. You know, has so much to it in terms of one multiple guys have to do their job uh, to make something work. Where defensively, you know, it, individuals have to do their job, but they don't necessarily have to do their job in tandem to to succeed. Um, so. That, that that's good. I mean, I I, I want to you know I want to see a little bit of that because then you know then I expect the offense is going to come back and respond uh, tomorrow or whatever you know whenever the next practice is, is and and keep going with it. I feel like there's always going to be a little bit of a one-upsmanship mentality in this group in the best possible way that everybody's sort of adapting and and get improving in response to what they're presented with and. Uh, so today, d- defensively, you had a bunch of guys make plays. Uh, you know, you had the run defense step up, which is positive. That's something you know you you want to hear a little bit about. Now, hopefully, tomorrow you're going to find you know hear that you know which whichever right guard they ultimately find that works, that that guy's going to be able to sort of step in and, and help them get it going on the ground. Uh, but you know, having a guy like TJ Carey, who I think is still going to be a very uh, I think that's still going to be a, a very important position for him playing that slot, uh, you know, and, and some, you know, some specific uh, matchup could be good for him. But yeah, I mean, you want more of these, these type of days where guys, each side of the ball is, is ex- excelling on, on a given day. And then the other side is responding. And ultimately when they get, you know, they finally do get to see another team uh, that they beat the hell out of them combined. So We'll see how that goes. I think, you know, right now the coverage is so much so-and-so looks good. There's not nearly as much uh, focus on what's not working. It's it's largely sort of uh, a wrap-up type thing. Like when I, when I saw most of the coverage, everything was so-and-so makes a play uh, over and over and over again, you know, various guys doing things. And then sort of in the wrap-up, it was, well, the offense wasn't very good or whatever. Um, it's the the question is what what are the trends going to be? Are you know are, are we going to see when are we going to sort of see that they they you know people are identifying well this is a weakness this is this is something they need to improve. Right now it seems to be a lot of focusing on first all the goodies, uh, and then you know seeing a lot of positive things work out. And there's not yet at this point. And I don't have a problem with it. It's just what it is. Uh, not not sort of saying, well, this is going well in part because this other thing is going poorly. Uh, you know, the old one hand washes the other, but yeah, it, it definitely seemed you know for the most part defense stepped up a little bit today. Uh, there was the one Odell Beckham the slant, you know, uh, you know, it, by the goal line. Obviously, it, it was run on air, but I mean, it, it guy is just a freak in what he does. His footwork is disgusting, and then you know, ball comes zipping in and just you know, almost yeah, you know, almost like uh, Mr. Miyagi with the chopsticks. And just snatch it with one hand, guy. He, he's he's so ridiculous. It's 
it's it's it's just it's fun to watch. Njoku obviously today. Uh, Landry, uh, Higgins, everybody, you know, kind of had a little hand in the mix today. And look, you know, you know Baker. Uh, Baker, Baker's favorite receiver is the open receiver. So uh, get open and plays will be there and to be had for everybody. Um, you're going to cruise on through here. Um, I had mentioned last night again here, uh, the folks over at Zabo Apparel, uh, made by Cleveland Browns fans for Browns fans, uh, get unique uh, T-shirts like the Dogfather, Darth Baker, and Cleveland and the Masters of the AFC North at Zabo's Apparel, a veteran-owned business. Shop online at www.zabo, S-Z-A-B-O, apparel.com, or stop in the store at 5571 Liberty Avenue in Vermilion. Um, thanks for them, obviously, um, and a chance to obviously, you know, uh, help a veteran-owned business uh, push some product. Absolutely zero issues for me trying to do that. We've got uh, more here, and, you know, the name keeps popping up, obviously, and he's doing some things. Um, all right here, and this would be from Board With Time. Drew, what's the realistic outcome for uh, Damon Sheehy Giuseppe? Practice squad, eventual cut. Uh, I, I assume the dream scenario would be practice squad. I mean, you're literally talking about a guy coming out of nowhere to now play on the biggest stage there is. Um, return duties might not be enough to get you a roster spot on this team. Um, you know, and then the other aspect would be is can he tackle? I mean, because you know, even if you know he were to find a way to a 53, he's going to have to play on punt. He's going to have to play on kickoff team. These are things that's going to be asked of him. He's not going to be one of the top four wide receivers. He's going to have to do a lot of things if he were to even have a possibility of sneaking into a 53. Um, yeah, my, my sense with with him is that like him succeeding as a receiver is almost like window dressing because it feels like it doesn't matter, and that's not because you know, it doesn't matter. It's because the Browns have four receivers that are going to be doing all that stuff. And it doesn't mean they won't take a fifth one that will. It's just, if you're talking about what do they actually need from those spots, it's sure the return duty stuff is nice if he's really good at it, but it's the other stuff. Can he be a great gunner? Can he get down and cover kicks? Can he make tackles? Can he do those types of things? Because I think ultimately that's going to be what's going to decide that job. And I think we are going to get to a point where and this has happened any number this is this isn't a new thing it happens like every year where we're going to talk about uh and i think blake jackson a little bit was that today had had, had a nice day catching yep. the ball and maybe that's going to help move move the needle for him uh but really those that feels like it's more for the 31 other teams because we're going to get caught up in well you know, let's say Blake Jackson. Blake Jackson tore it up for four four preseason games, catching the ball and all this stuff. But the Browns don't need him to be. They don't need a re- another receiver necessarily, unless he's so good they feel like they have to make it count. The real matchup was uh, the real matchup, or, or what you really wanted to see is is who's crushing it on those coverage units, who's consistently able to deliver that. That may be where it's far more important. And, and, and there have been past years where a guy is toured up. Uh, I'm trying to think whatever that white dude's name was that caught a bunch of balls that everybody's mad about uh, that didn't make the team and literally never went anywhere else. Uh, but that's probably going to be another situation that happens here. And that's why, you know, if it's Giuseppe, I, I think that's where he's going to make his, you know, make his case. But that's where I feel like guys like uh, Ratley obviously didn't practice 
today. But Derek Willies has an advantage. Uh, I think you know his size and his speed sort of help with that. Now you, you know you got to be you, you got to have that the uh, chutzpah, so to speak, uh, <laughs> uh, to go down there and 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 get your get you know get dirty shorts and, and make put get guys on the ground. But I think that's far more important. And again, it's not to say that you should be like, well, you know, Blake Jackson having a good day is meaningless because ultimately if he doesn't make the team, that's going to be important to the 31 other teams. It's just, if you're specifically looking from, for a Brown standpoint, he's going to have to like crush it and be able to do something on special teams uh, for, you know, that to really matter. I mean, the Browns for, for are victims of their own success in that respect in that they have a bunch of guys who can do that. So, you know, and I know this is a question that somebody is posing at some point, the Browns are going to probably trade a guy or a few, um, whether it's a, you know, a guy that's not going to make our team for a guy that's not going to make your team. It may be a, you know, conditional seventh or something like that. Maybe it's more, uh, if if they find somebody you know a team really wants and they can't uh, and and they have to have them and, and the Browns you know have sort of struck gold a little bit but not enough to to want to keep keep them and they they get a little more than that but like you know somebody's naturally asking about um, you know is Dorsey going to get on the phone with Gettleman um, you know I don't know if they will but certainly they know each other's numbers in that respect. So if Gettleman, this would be more on Gettleman's end, where if he likes somebody on the Browns, whether it's Blake Jackson or a Ratley or somebody else, he may call and say, you know, what are you sort of looking for in these guys? I, I can't think of anything the Giants have off the top of my head that I'd want uh, other than draft picks and Jabril Peppers, which we're not going to get back. Um, that, that that at some point those moves are probably going to come up, and that's fine. Uh, it's certainly refreshing that the Browns are in that 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 uh, situation where they have some strength they can they can potentially deal uh, to get more assets hopefully they embrace their uh, you know that mold and uh, that mode and, and be, go become like the Eagles in a sense and, and keep finding ways to give themselves extra opportunities extra assets extra uh, wiggle room in terms of ways they can find more talent get more ways to add talent. Um, you know, this could be a year where theoretically the Browns could be in the market to add somebody at the trade deadline um, and it, it, instead of just looking to deal something. So these are all things that could come up and be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think unless somebody's really going to get hardcore at let's look at, you know, who's really winning on the gunning battle uh, or can protect uh, the punt return or whatever – that's probably far more indicative of how this thing's going to go than Blake Jackson had a great day catching the ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, there's four spots already there, and you've got you know you've got Najoku, you've got tight ends that can receive, you got running backs that can receive. I mean, being the fifth wide receiver here is probably not going to mean too much uh, at 27. Scuba Steve, obviously, your question got tied in there too. Um, yeah, and it'll be refreshing not to want somebody else's doggy bag. It'll be refreshing not to go dumpster diving into somebody else's dumpster. It'll be nice to have somebody else coming to you. And even with you know, and you brought up the two names of Ratley and Willies. You got to remember, you know, is you know, I I think they could be players. You know, you have. 
have one game from each of them, essentially, uh, which makes up the NFL resume. And obviously, Ratley being hurt right now certainly not going to help the New York Giants situation of a whole bunch of, you know, injured wide receivers. And, you know, Willies, maybe, but, you know, uh, you know, obviously, you know, one game and, you know, missed uh, the rest of the season. So it, it's certainly a possibility, but, you know, and I don't, you know, I, I don't even know if th- th- there's going to be enough to even ask for players back, uh, you know, We've talked about this. This team, we feel pretty confident that we, you know, could get you pretty close to an accurate 53-man roster of what's currently in the building. So, you know, unless it's big names, which certainly isn't going to happen. At Hoos underscore 10, um, preseason snaps, Pete. Uh, you know, I, I guess you're going to go with, you know, probably you know the bigger ones. It's, uh, you know, Nick, you're going to have your concerns about. You're going to have your concerns about Odell. You know, Baker, year two, is probably still going to have to take some. Miles Garrett, you know, how do you handle this? Um, I, you know, for the most, you, you might tear it down a little bit, um, but I don't think you, uh, take it down, you know, to the point where you're saying, let's not get these guys any reps. I think, you know, instead of a quarter in the first preseason game, it may be a series, uh, or, you know, that's the one I, I, if, if I was going to get rid of any of them, it would be that uh, I would say, especially for guys like miles Garrett, rather than have him go a series, I just have him not go. Uh, but like Baker Mayfield, I want him to get reps. Uh, I want him to get into that flow, and I know he he's going to want to get reps. Second game, you know, it, it, instead of all the way to the half, it may be barely into the second quarter. A third game, you know, that's technically the quote unquote uh, dress rehearsal. Dress rehearsal. So. You know, some teams will go three quarters. Uh, You you could go a half or you could go the first drive into the half because teams love to simulate the coming out of the half. How do you come out, uh, you know, off the break? Uh, But you're basically saying get it down, trim it down to where you're not trying to get guys extra reps, but you're not trying to avoid the work entirely because you don't – one, you don't want them to think about it. You don't want – your players to go into games thinking, well, I, I just don't get hurt. You want them to get work. You want them to get ready for the season. And if they're sitting there worried about getting injured, you don't want them out there at all because, the, you know, that becomes, uh, you know, that that becomes more likely to happen because they don't play the same way and you're, you're protecting yourself if you're going full speed as opposed to like 50% thinking, oh, I'll protect myself and, and guys get rolled up on or whatever. You know, I, I, in my experience, it, it, far more injuries happen when guys, when, when somebody is taking, you know, is, isn't going full force, uh, the, the other guys are, and then they sort of end up, somebody ends up getting racked up uh, in that scenario. So, uh, yes, you can tone it down a little bit, uh, you know, the fourth preseason. If anything, I would say the first preseason and the fourth preseason game, you could trim it down to almost nothing. It's like Miles Garrett. Uh, fourth preseason game, I wouldn't bother with Baker Mayfield. But other than that, I, you know, get them in a the mindset of let's let's get ready for the season. They, they, you know, as much as we have a certain amount of belief that this team is going to be good, they are still a seven, eight, and one football team that hasn't won anything. So. It, it it it's you don't want to take take things for granted that you haven't actually had um so you have to get them prepared like they are you know still have to prove something because they do and and i think that's the mindset that freddie kitchens has i think he he wants to be 
competitive as hell while also being smart. I, I don't think he's going to put guys in uh, bubble wrap, but I do think he's going to just be mindful of what he's doing with them. Certainly they're out. You have to go, and we'll get to this last question here. I, I do got to cut today a little bit shorter, guys, but I have some questions here. We'll definitely work them in tomorrow. Between Pete, Garrett, Vernon, Richardson, Avery, Ogunjobi, where do you put the over-under on sack total between those five? Uh, oh, I, I put the over-under at about 33. Well, you figure what, Miles? Yeah, I mean, 13 and a half is – I mean, it's weird to even mention a number like that. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the thing is you get caught up in it, and I don't think some people realize how, you know, how sort of elusive big, big sack totals are for teams. Um, like, if you're, if you're over 40, you're in, really, you're in a really good area. Um, so, like, the, what is this? Uh, the, like, the Chiefs had 52 last year. The Steelers had 52 last year. Like, that's... Those are big numbers, but they're also teams that, uh, you know, were consistently dominant in there. Maybe I am selling it low. 33 is pretty low. Uh, then I'll say 40. Uh, like, like, once you get over 40, you're in pretty pretty good. Uh, air, that's half the league is it was above 40. Jesus, I didn't realize it was that high anymore. Uh, that feels like it's uh, late 80s, 90s there. So much more throwing in the ball. Yeah, so, yeah, I think – Miles Garrett's going to put up a ton. He could flirt with 20 easily. But, like, and, and, and obviously Olivier Vernon could have double digits. Jannard Avery could have double digits. I don't know if the D tackles will get up that high. But, yeah, you want that, that high, you know, that, that team number to be high, but it's more about affecting the quarterback and causing disruption than it is necessarily the stack number, although those certainly are great. It's just more, more uh, impressive would be, you know, you get like the Chicago Bears this past year had 50. 50 sacks, which is great, uh, but, like, they also had uh, a league-high 27 interceptions, uh, you know, and a lot of that's because of the pressure they got. They had 19 forced fumbles, too, whereas nobody else had – Miami had the second-most interceptions with 21. Nobody else was over 20. Like, that's really what you want to have happen. Jesus Christ, Chicago's numbers are insane. Past deflections, they had 92. Uh which is the highest. So that's really what, what you want to see half happen is that that becomes uh, w- what reality is that that pressure leads to something. Certainly look, if you, if you get a sack on third and long, you know, you may be taking them off field goal range or forcing a punt. That's great. But really what you want is a sack leads to a forced fumble or a pressure leads to a bad throw and an interception. Some kind of, those type of turnovers. And certainly the Browns have, stack their roster in a way where they have a lot of guys who can cause turnovers, whether it's Ward, Greedy Williams has sticky fingers, uh, Demaris Randall, Joe Schilbert. Those are all guys who have shown, uh, obviously Greedy is a rookie, but everybody else has shown the ability to cause turnovers at this level. So that is certainly where they want this thing to go. 
All right. Uh, we're going to put it to bed here, guys. Um, uh, as always, you know, thanks, everybody. And look, guys, don't ever take anything too seriously. We're all having, trying to have some fun. All right. And that's part of what this is about and covering this. So let's all just sit back. Enjoy the ride. Uh, Pete's work uh, at Browns Maven on Twitter. Throw a follow over there. BrownsMaven.com. Go ahead. Set up. Be a member. Jump into the forums. Talk about the articles. Obviously, you can talk about, you know, whatever you want to talk about. Any one of the 90 guys. Jump in there. Get over uh, doing that for Pete. At underscore Pete Smith underscore on. Twitter, make sure you're following over there. Uh, the show at Locked On Browns, uh, all lowercase. DMs are open. Follow back account. Any questions you have, anything, send it on over that way. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Throw a follow over there. iTunes rating reviews. Go ahead, uh, get get yourself subscribed. Drop a five star. Drop a written review. Greatly appreciated in that respect. Um, with that, we will be back tomorrow. As uh, you know, as always, guys. Um, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns. All right, bro. 